Hi, everybody. This is Pastor Tim from Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire. This is our weekly podcast of the sermon from the prior Sunday. Normally at this time, I have invited everybody to join us for worship at 8, 30, and 11. Uh, but right now we're in the midst of the global pandemic, and so we are not having worship in our building at 8, 30, and 11. Instead, you can find us online doing virtual worship using Zoom. You can find the information for all of that on our website at www.htelc.com. You can also like us on Facebook. And uh, those are the two primary ways in which to find our links to have worship with us. So it doesn't matter where you are, as long as you have an internet connection, you can join us for worship. So thank you for listening. We hope that you find the sermon meaningful and purposeful, that it connects to your life and how you interact with the world. And most of all, it reveals God's infinite love for you and all of creation. Hey, welcome everybody. My name is Pastor Tim. I am at Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Newington. And on the other half of a screen from me is... Hi, I'm Pastor Nathan. I am at Lutheran Church of the Nativity in North Conway, New Hampshire. So Nathan is fortunate enough. He is at the church that is closest to Camp Calumet within the city, within the synod, correct? That is correct, yes. Excellent. So Nathan, I, uh, we've had a lot of conversations over these last couple of weeks about how worship is functioning and how can we support each other. And we thought what would be interesting is to do a conversation back and forth between the two of us on this Palm Sunday scripture, as opposed to one of us just trying to preach. Uh, how can we combine and help each other out? So uh, people in each of our congregations see somebody else and hear somebody else's opinion. So here we are on Palm Sunday. You just heard the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, as Matthew tells it. And I like what Nathan had pointed out, just kind of a fun note. In it, it says, a colt and donkey were brought to Jesus. The coats were laid on him, and he rode them both. (laughs) So yeah, imagine Jesus. Like, (laughs) I don't know how he did it. Like, one leg on one side. It's got to be wild. Is he a one standing. on each range between both? <laughs> yeah, yeah, standing on one. But I mean, there's got to be different heights. So I don't know. A colt and a donkey. I, who knows? It's Jesus. If he can walk on water, he can ride two animals at once. <laughs> there you go. Problem solved. So we want to talk about expectations. What are the expectations that people have as they're lying in the streets as Jesus comes into Jerusalem? Because this is a very important time. According to Matthew's gospel, Jesus comes in one time, and it's kind of a pilgrimage for all the people at that time. They're coming to celebrate what God has done in the past through Moses and the Passover, and how how, uh, Moses freed the Israelites, the Hebrews, out of slavery in Egypt, right? They were oppressed, and God acted. And Mm -hmm. now here comes Jesus into Jerusalem, making his way toward the temple, where it is thought that God dwelt, God tabernacled, God set up uh, a home, a tent. And Jesus is coming there, and something's going to happen again. Yeah. And there, go ahead, Nathan. Oh, you, I, you're doing great, but uh, all right. And they are no longer under Egyptian oppression, but now Romans are the ones who rule. That's and right. And they are they, now hoping Jesus is going to do something about it. So when you read in scriptures, Jesus is Lord. That is such a huge political message, because uh, as Jesus is Lord, what are they saying, Nathan? They're saying, well, what they're, they're saying that uh, Caesar is not Lord. So Caesar is, of course, the, 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 the Roman emperor, the person who's running the whole empire. So when they say that Jesus is Lord, uh, and actually you know, saying that Jesus is Hosanna to the son of David, right? 
and so save us, son of David. Uh, and of course, the son of David, you know, David's like, he's a king, and he's not just any king. He's the king that God promised would be, his descendants would be on the throne forever. And so the Israelites are all looking for someone who's going to come and get rid of these Romans and bring back the, the kingdom to Israel. Right. And they have a very want, particular they have idea expectations on what it's going to look like. That's right. Um, you, you know, it, and, and so that can easily transition to what, what went wrong <laughs> that their expectations weren't met. Um, because they were expecting that David kind of ruler. They wanted a Romans to be done away with. They wanted to govern themselves, go back to, not go back to the land that they had, but now this is our land and we are the ones in charge. Uh, and so they have definite expectations. Like you're saying, when they scream out, Hosanna in the highest, save us. They want to be saved so they can live a certain way. That's right. And it's, uh, it's, it's so funny because we like set up a whole church holiday to, uh, to uh, celebrate like Jesus entering Jerusalem and everyone getting all excited, but they, they're all excited about the wrong thing because Jesus is not doing what they're thinking. So Jesus is not going in to drive out the Romans. Jesus says you know, uh, in John's gospel, you know, my kingdom is not of this world. And that is not the plans people had for Jesus. <laughs> And I think that's kind of an interesting place for us now, because, you know, right now we are clearly not at the triumphal entry moment. We're not out there celebrating life is good, or we're going we're gonna to make everything great. We're going to go out and celebrate the guy who's going to come out and make everything perfect. Right now, we've sort, of, we've sort of hit rock bottom, as evidenced by Tim and I sitting here talking to each other instead of being in church our, with you. We're actually in our respective bedrooms, aren't we? Right. That's right. <laughs> So, we are not outlining the streets in a parade. That would be uh, well against our social distancing guidelines of six feet. It's almost like we're in this like Holy Saturday moment. You know, the disciples, they were all holed up in their houses and here we are in our bedrooms. Mm -hmm. but, uh, it, but it's this time where, you know, those guys had all those expectations of Jesus. It didn't happen like they thought it was going to be. Jesus wasn't doing what they thought Jesus should be doing. Therefore, God wasn't doing what they thought God should be doing because God was going to send the Messiah, the king, the one anointed to be king over the Israelites and bring back Israel, God's chosen people. And so expectations not met. And I think that might be something that resonates with us a bit right in this moment. Expectations not being met. Because I feel like we just had our whole like, you know, the American economy has been chugging along. We've been having our, yes, things We've are triumphant entry for decades. <laughs> yeah. It was like, well, maybe since 2008 anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> since we recovered from the crash. Depends on like, the time period. Yeah. yeah. Economy's going well. We're like, yeah, marching. And, you know, of course, we all had our ideas of how everything's supposed to happen. We're going to, uh, you know, we have our political parties who are button heads with each other constantly and all this. But we are, we were like at this point of, like each striving to make our point known. And now suddenly that's like just crumbled. It is right. We, we had these systems that we thought this is the way life should flourish. And what's interesting is during this time in which we are sequestered into our bedrooms, like we said, or wherever else anybody might be as they watch this, those systems that we expected us to give life are not what's saving us right now. You know, they're actually, many of them are coming crashing down around us and we're not right. So there's so much fear. Mm. Uh, within us and we're not sure how to function 
in this reality in which those systems at once were supposed to keep, th- keep chugging along are not able to do that. And so what does that mean for, for our life? Yeah. Um, and so then it means us to, to question, God, where are you? I thought maybe this is where God was, but maybe that's not. And we need to look for God in other places and for life to be fulfilled in other places. And I don't think that means what we've been doing is all wrong, mm. but maybe it can help us reevaluate where we've strayed and where we need to be. And I think that's so much of, you talk about, are we in a Holy Saturday moment already? Can you imagine those first disciples of Jesus? They had these expectations. Christ has died, and now what? They're not yeah. sure what this new life is going to look like. Yeah, it's like, you know, you know, we have these moments that are these times, like, you know, often it's like around a tragedy, right? Where something happens and you have, your whole life is reevaluated. I feel like we have that moment happening right now, just in mass, like what yeah. things are actually important to us. Like when you can't go see your grandkids, you're like, you're, those guys are important. When you can't see your parents, when you can't, you know, what really matters. And so, yeah, so, so we're at that point. And so what, you know, what matters to us is one question, but the next question is what matters to God? In right. All I, I, right. Yeah. So it's always about how does it affect the other? So often we turn this into, ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know something we've had a lot of conversations about, or I've had a lot of conversation about whether it's been the council, wherever is, how is this affecting uh, really the least of these mm. as we go on? It's always seems to be during tragedy, uh, the most marginalized people, uh, most vulnerable people become even more vulnerable. Yes. Um, and I think that's where this can really help us reevaluate where have we set up these systems that we've been celebrating, 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 uh, and yet seem to be continually leaving people behind. That's right. So, and we are trust we're coming toward Easter that this Holy Saturday moment we're in will not last, but yet we can't rush ahead to the last day. We need to be where we are. Right. Uh, and but that said, I mean, God, we have promises in the meantime, right? We might not see things, but there are promises God has given us that, you know, right. sometimes we live by faith and not by sight. Correct. And so I think maybe something also to remember is what is God promising us in these days when we're in our house? Mm-hmm. And so you can find those promises all over scripture. I mean, one is that, you know, I, I, you are my people, I will be your God, right? That's, that's true now. Another promise is that uh, there's nothing in all creation that will separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, they, you know, we, we have these promises all over the place. Um, and that, you know, even as we're at this reevaluating moment uh, of our lives, that God's promise to us is not changing. And that, uh, you know, even as we celebrate Jesus uh, coming into Jerusalem, right, that, that actually... That, that was a big moment still, right? But it also revealed who Jesus was. Like he wasn't like, Jesus was on a mission to make sure that right. like, you didn't have to be rich to go in the temple and buy your dove and worship God. Right. Jesus, and it, not only does it, does it reveal who Jesus is, it reveals who we are. Yeah. You know, uh, that it reveals what our expectations are of God. And we need that time, which really what so much of Lent is about. So maybe this is appropriate or is coming. Lent is a time of this self-evaluation, self-reflection. 
has who been long Lent or, or serious Lent. It's going to go past that, Easter this time, but yeah. I've seen that meme on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, either this is the Lentiest Lent <laughs> that's ever been, or I never plan on giving up this much for Lent. Yeah, that's right. Um, but it is a time of self-evaluation to see where are we? What are we expecting? Um, what is God doing? And where do we see God in places that um, perhaps we weren't looking or we didn't think God was there? Because that really is a hallmark of Lutheran theology. God is where we think God is not. Mm, that's right. That is. Which is, of course, God would always defeat Caesar and never end up on a cross. Right. God would always be out winning the pandemic and never hold up in a house with people who are suffering. And yet here we are and we trust God is with us. And what does that look like? And how does that, how do we live by faith in these times um, to live in love and not in fear and trust that God is working? Yeah. And even if you have fear, know that God is holding you still. That's right. So maybe that's the promise. We always like to end with good news, right? Law, gospel. The gospel is the good news is that no matter where we are, uh, no matter what situation you find yourself in, even when, even when we come out of this time and you get to walk out of your house, there is still going to be some kind of hardships that come along in our life. That's life. Mm-hmm. And the promise is God is with you. God is with us. God is with me. And God uh, is restoring the things that, are, that need restoring. Yep. And, you know, those plans that we had that may not have needed restoring, that maybe can fall apart, those can fall apart. But the center of who you are and who life is, God is promising to bring that into fullness. Amen, brother. I like it, Nathan. I like it. All right. (laughs) I appreciate the time that we've had together. To all the people from Nativity. You are fortunate to have Pastor Nathan uh, among and, you. Uh, don't, Newington, you're also fortunate, just so you know. Okay. So, uh, blessings. <laughs>